Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Assemble, a show where you come for your regular geeky download. My name's Tommy, and I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by my friend and co-host from across the pond. It's a drowning wet thaw. <laughs> drowning? Oh, because it's... <laughs> yeah, it's wet. Yeah, it's it's wet. My my partner sent me a video the other day of the road outside our house, and thank, thank heavens like, you're manly. not there, because you would be, like, directing the fish. You'd be like... <laughs> Tom, this is why... I, I live in a, on a hill. <laughs> yeah, so do we. All right. Look down on the people that are flooded, you know, down on the, the peons. It was like coming out of the drain, like the like the drainage system, like next to our house. Bro, it's crazy. I mean, like, it's crazy. The only place I think that rains more than Sydney the last two weeks is Gotham. Because <laughs> <fucking that, laughs> that movie was, <laughs> it was raining the entire Big time. Big spoiler for what's coming but, uh, up soon. Uh, wel- welcome to anyone who's yeah. coming, by the way, from the competition. We appreciate you all being here. We will be announcing the winner for the competition just before we get into our main topic which there will be time codes in the description if you want to jump around and get to that but if you want to stick with us that would be nice too so little little uh, little stinger for you there we are we are going to let you know who's going to win so other than drowning mate what's been happening oh dude i've uh you know just been living life hanging out living the dream yeah yeah i have i didn't get to do much this week um other than watch some of the stuff that i'd already been kind of watching but um I finished a lot of stuff. So Ooh, I love that. I, I guess I finished one. I finished one thing. I love ticking stuff off the list. You know when it's like the list and you're like, yeah, fine, I can get past this. Yeah, I'm still behind on uh, Peacemaker, but I'm excited to to do it. I mean, and honestly, this the the main topic movie, which we've already spoiled, took an entire evening. It's three hours long, so like it was it was a good chunk of <laughs> my <laughs> evening. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny you say that though because uh, I was reading a thing the other day about Netflix, and I think partly to do with like the pandemic and partly to do with like people's watching and. Uh, viewing habits like they're apparently going to change some of their streaming like uh, service in terms of the way they drop stuff so apparently they're going to stop just dropping everything at once it's going to be like a mishmash of stuff um and i know that i I think some of that's going to start with stranger things i think they're doing two drops so they're dropping the first half of the season in may and then the second half later on and it's like it's interesting because everyone wants to get that, you know, that water cooler TV. And I'm, you know, you're going to work and you're talking with all your friends. And Netflix can't really have that because you just binge it, then you move on, you forget about it. So they're streaming, like people like binge for a bit and then just leave and come back later. So uh, that's really interesting. I mean, it, it just does feel like something that like the algorithm didn't need to tell them. You know what I mean? Like we all knew that. Like Disney, HBO, none of them did it all at once except for Netflix. Yeah, well, that's like it. it helps build it helps build mystique, right? Like you would think that they would have done this a while ago, but I think it was also just their thing. It was like this is what we do, and now they're like established, so they're like, you know, we don't. Yeah, need they to. don't. I mean, they don't need to just chuck everything out at once. Like it was a nice yeah. gimmick almost. It was a gimmick. It was. A it kind of was, wasn't I, that's it? That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the Stranger Things and stuff of the world, they could just, they could chuck that, sh- they, they could do that week by week now. They could start doing some shows week by week for sure. So, uh, yeah, what have you been up to? I, I finished uh, Yellow Jackets. Oh, yeah, sorry, um, you said. Which, dude, you, I, you, you don't sound that intrigued by the show, but you really, this is one of the ones I'm going to tell you, you should watch it. It's okay. like a psychological, it's like a psychological thriller that's like horror where you can't quite tell if it's supernatural, okay. can't quite tell if it's not and uh it's like that like it's, it's like lost basically but a better not as 90s version Ooh. so if you liked lost um and apparently they've like already greenlit like five seasons five wait is this with netflix no it's with showtime so they obviously right. have a which is like the hbo equivalent okay like the second tier hbo show and they obviously have a plan which is like what lost didn't have <laughs> it was just jj abrams throwing spaghetti at a wall 
<laughs> seeing what sticks. And it's like an all female cast, pretty much, which is very like refreshing. Oh, that's nice. I've, I've talked about this before, I like but, that. but I finished it, and the, the, the season it was a really good first season, like solid first season. Did um, it end on a cliffhanger? Uh, kind of, not really. It ended less cliffhanger, more like there was one cliffhanger, okay, but a lot of the stories got like closure as well. Oh, that's so good. it was like a good mix, and, and then. I fin- I started watching, uh, c- continued to watch Castlevania. What are you feeling about Castlevania? Uh, dude, Castlevania is really cool. I like it. I'm glad I have two more seasons. Yeah, nice. Like I'm halfway through season two. Yeah. Castlevania. It's interesting you say that because I mentioned last week I was gonna elaborate on a very geeky show in a sort of similar vein to that, and I, I really think you would like this. So I've been watching a show the last week. I've only got four, or f- uh, three or four episodes in maybe, and it's called Hit Monkey. Um, it is, you might've seen it on Disney plus it got a like pretty big advertising push at the beginning, but it's kind of fallen off a bit and it's, it's based yeah. on a comic property basically, but it's really fucking cool. And I don't want to give too much away because the first episode sets up like the entire series, but it, it <laughs> essentially like it's a monkey who goes around doing Hitman stuff, but there is also another character, a hit monkey. Yeah. Literally like, like, hit like, monkey. It, yeah. And there is another character so it's, in so it's an an- who I can only describe to you as like, archer but more x-rated like it's incredible like so it's you said it's a anime kind of yeah kind of it's a it's a disney americanized version of an anime so it's just an animation basically okay but it's really good man like i've watched like three or four episodes like the characters are all compelling considering it's a monkey who can't speak like he just grunts like it's it's super compelling it's really interesting that is that is hamstrung like the hamstrung's your main character hamstrings your main character if he cannot speak well it's the archer-esque character who's the one who really drives it forward and like he is i was gonna say he talks archer yeah talks. i mean he doesn't <laughs> shut the fuck up that's the best part <laughs> i really like that character i think you'll watch it and like the first episode kind of focuses on him and then sort of it gradually moves towards the the hit monkey I think you'd really like it. It's it's way up your alley, especially because you like Archer so much. Yeah, I, I I'll check it out. the The other thing I watched, which was uh, something I've talked about before on the show, is The Sinner. It's like a detective uh, yeah. thriller that is uh, it's generally highly rated. Um, I don't know if it's a Netflix original, but I like you know how like sometimes Netflix like says it's an original, but it's also BBC. Yeah, they, or some they other, buy like, shit all the time and call it originals. Yeah. I think th- I think it's one of those, but for the U.S., like it's not BBC, but oh, okay. it's uh, who's the girl in um, in the first cha- the remake of the Chainsaw, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel, like had a thing, had a thing with Justin Timberlake, that girl. Okay, Jessica. All Biel, right, yeah. all right. Anyway, she's she's producing, she's produces the show, and she was like starred in the first season, and it's it basically every every single season is like a really really nuanced like. Huh is this it's like a, a gray crime where it's like what do you do here like the kid is underage he was super abused and he he didn't he unintentionally killed someone or something you know what i mean and they're, uh-huh. they're, but it's like a mystery and as you uncover it you're like oh, i don't know how to feel about this like if i was the judge fuck oh, what would i do so it's uh it's a really it's a really good little crime thriller if you're into that i i feel, I feel like all your things are super interesting and really like intense or it's the things i'm gonna say <laughs> you'll be like <laughs> you're probably laughing i don't know every now that's definitely that's definitely where I well, lean, yeah. but every now and again, I do need like a jolly exit from that. So um, I appreciate your taste. Well, yeah, I do like that sort of stuff as well, to be perfectly honest. Like, but I did this week watch the Tinder Swindler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie oh, to you. Oh, God. No, you I didn't. finally caved. Like, everyone's talking about it. I feel like no, I feel like I have no desire to watch that because I know exactly what it's well, going to be. Ne- neither did I. Neither did I. Like, everybody, yeah. but everyone was banging on about it. And I just wanted to see if it was just 
you know, like some like full on idiots who got swindled really easily or whether this guy was actually, you know, if it became something like almost like a thriller and I was like, it wasn't as interesting as everyone says it is. <laughs> so it was a bunch of idiots that just got swindled. I mean, easily. you don't want to blame, blame the victim, right? But at the same time, you're a bit like this dude's literally like, so the dude rocks up, he meets the girl on Tinder, they go on one date and then he says, do you want to come with me on a flight to Amsterdam? And the girl's like, absolutely. It's like, who does that? Like, I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a dude who appears really rich, but he could also be a murderer. This could be hostile, the movie. So I'm like, mm, you've got. There's got to be. There's got to yeah, be like something. What? You know, you've got to have a certain mentality to to accept that invite, right? I think for sure. And you also have a certain mentality to be like so impressed by the private private planes that you continue to do all this Big dumb time. shit despite the fact that there's an obvious red. Oh, I mean, by obvious. the time you get like past the first couple of weeks, it's like a fucking like cascade of. <laughs> It's a ca- it's a cascading crescendo yeah. of, of red it's flag. the Red Sea coming at you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, just like sure. it is in Sydney right now. <laughs> it's not red. Let me tell you, it's fucking dark and gray and wet. Anyway, the yeah, that's all I. That's pretty much all I watched off the top of my head. How about yourself? Yeah, outside of the two I mentioned, there's just one other thing. I uh, I finally got around to reading some comic books for the first time in a bloody long time, and I've had um, Civil War two sat on my mantelpiece for a while. When I was when I was coming over here, one of the last things I watched before I flew out back to the UK was uh, the Civil War movie. And I, I was, I'm a huge mm. fan of those storylines. And Civil War 2 is one I think I read a while ago, but I can't 100% remember. And I rebought it in in a nice, a really nice plush. Like, um, it's it's soft, it's softback, <laughs> but it's a really nice cover. And uh, and I read through that. Um, the, the really nice cover on it and artwork, etc., lasted about a day because i left it on the side and then my little nephew came over and his thing at the minute is grabbing books and you know like when you flip through like the you just like across like the, the outside of a book yeah his thing is doing that but like he's obviously completely uncoordinated as a one and a bit year old so he just bends the hell out of it <laughs> so this nice comic comic uh issue that i bought was essentially destroyed but it was a really interesting it's really interesting and i'd completely forgotten half of the plot beats like spoilers for that comic book but like Iron Man essentially dies at the end of it and becomes an AI for a different character. Like it introduces a bunch of other people who I think we're going to start seeing throughout the actual MCU, like Riri Williams, who is going to be like the kind of Ironheart, new Iron Man, bunch of others. But it's the, the kind of conflict this time is like Captain Marvel versus Iron Man. So it's a slightly different twist on it. And it's almost bending the formula of in the first Civil War, much like the movie caps, like if, you know, if we start, trying to stop crimes before they happen that you know like bad things happen and tony stark's like if we've got the opportunity we should be doing it and in this one it's a case of it's flipped so now captain marvel's got the opportunity to stop crimes and stuff before they happen and tony stark's like whoa whoa, whoa we've done this haven't we so it's nice that it's like a changing round of the personalities mm. no, that's all that's good i i how much did it kill you to see the bent oh, pages man. Of that uh, like book? considering it was like brand new as <laughs> nah he's a one-year-old like so what like i'll get over it <laughs> yeah of course you can't blame him but in your in your heart you were like Uh, like the a part of you died well it's like it was on top of my mac so i was literally like my mac was sat there and i was like if he goes one thing lower he's probably gonna spill or like drop whatever it is on my mac and i was like just gonna move i'd rather him take the comic (laughs) i'm like you take this and i'll just swing this out while you're not looking (laughs) (laughs) fair enough Speaking of not um, looking, did you happen to spot this week the trail of a bullet train? Did you see that? I did. I did see Damn, it. Damn, that looks Brad cool. Pitt and uh, I didn't, was there any other? I mean, it was a really good trailer. Damn, it was a good trailer. Like if the whole movie's like that, like pew, 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 yeah. pew, 
Like it'd be quite good. I didn't. Was there anyone else in it that was like notable? I, th- I just noticed Brad Pitt as like the main guy that I recognize. Well, it's David Leitch who's directing. Who's he's known for a bunch of stuff. Like he was a producer on John Wick. He did a bunch of stuff on Deadpool Two, Hobbs and Shaw. So like he's done some pretty cool. I mean, not maybe not Hobbs and Shaw, but he's done some pretty cool action movies. Um, I think there's a bunch of people yeah, weaved sure. in there who you maybe don't spot on a first glance. Like Zazie Beetz is in there. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's in there. He's mm. a favorite of the show. Uh, there's a few like random ones. Uh, he's a favorite of the. Is he a favorite of the show? You kind of a look. Yeah, maybe I've just got a man crush. Uh, like yeah. Michael Shannon's in it. Uh, Brian Tyree yeah. Henry. So, like, like it looks like it's gonna be a. It just looks like it's gonna be badass. Yeah. What did you think? I mean, the action for me kind of looks sort of like, almost like. I mean, I've already said it, but kind of Deadpool-ish. Kind of meets Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but like on a train. In Las Vegas. It was like, a, I mean, that was the the vibe. I don't know, but the, the action was like, yeah, it was comical, but also just like kind of karate, like karate count kung fu influenced. It felt like um, where he was like using the briefcase as like a weapon, like really flashily. And you're saying that's yeah, a bad I thing? Thought it was really good, man. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah, I don't. I'm just saying it was more less superhero-y and more kung fu, but the, the Deadpool comment I agree because they're they're cracking jokes in between yeah, yeah, yeah. like punches. He kind of looks a bit like yeah, Space so. Cadet. That's where the fear and loathing thing came from. And he also had the pie hat on. Yeah, yeah. Classic returning to his roots. Dude, how does he still look this good? Oh, I don't know. It's frustrating as hell. It doesn't isn't make it? any sense. Yeah, like what? Speaking the fuck? of man crushes, damn. Like, yes, <laughs> that's fair. I will give you that. Well, one. like I I love the fact that he had. Speaking of Deadpool, he had a cameo in Deadpool too, didn't he? And it's like. A blink and you miss it. So it's the one he's he's the invisible guy when he puts oh, the yeah, X Force team yeah. together. He's the guy that dies. Yeah, like immediately. Yeah, and you got dies. like a flash of him like on the yeah. on the electric thing. Like, you're like, dude. Yeah, he's like <laughs> I wonder who came. That, that just mean that must be the like the director like knows him and likes or, him. Or Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. True, I guess. Yeah. You don't you don't pay the, the fee for Brad Pitt, what is it, like twenty odd million for him to come and do yeah. like half a second of shooting. Well, did you did you also hear this week speaking of Marvel? that all the marvel netflix shows are coming to disney plus on march 16th so i was a bit concerned because they all left netflix last week and they didn't say anything and i was like oh because disney you know they're a bit touchy about having more like violent content on the streaming service but now they're just coming to disney plus and they're going to change up the uh the parental settings a little bit i'm pretty pumped about that that's awesome well i mean they had the uh they had don't they have like the fox or like the, the other yeah they've got like, them all. the other tab in disney plus which is which is like obviously for yeah adult star content, or whatever it's so called over they just gotta like create a, a kid yeah they just gotta create a kids thing yeah you know they've just gotta have yeah. their own little niche kids and setting. I, there's already talk about there being a, a, a fourth season of daredevil in the works i mean charlie cox has been so vocal like everywhere he's just like if he doesn't get it, everyone are going to be so gutted. I feel like he's got such a, a, a head start on all of those other guys who did the Marvel Netflix shows. He's just like streets well, ahead. He's obviously, but but he's already been in Spider Man. Yeah, I know that's so what I mean. Like, but that like he's in it. getting a show. Yeah. Like, ah, you never know. He probably won't. I mean, the other ones won't. Like, the guy played Iron Fist should definitely not get a show. He probably prefers to get a movie though. Interesting, As interesting point. That's like that's the that's the big that's the big, big ticket. Lots of Marvel movies. Do you think they'll give him yeah. the classic yellow daredevil outfit? <laughs> I don't think so, no. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, if anyone would make it work, it would be Marvel. Like, they've made some terrible outfits work, but I just don't. I don't think that'll happen. Did you hear this week as well that Jason Momoa, favorite of the show, JMO, of our famous rating system, Better or Worse than Aquaman 2018, which we will come to later, uh, apparently he's been uh, cast as the villain in Fast and the Furious 10. Now, it's not really our wheelhouse, Fast and the Furious, I'm not going to lie, but... I just find this really interesting. 
is that surprising? He's like, he's one of the he's one of the like actors that like gets mass appeal. Huge roles, gets lots of people yeah. to theaters. He's fucking yoked. He's usually the good guy though. He's I haven't seen him as many bad guys. It's The Rock though. And The Rock was well, like a quasi the good Rock guy, doesn't bad want, guy. The Rock's not coming back for Fast and Furious Ten. He's very publicly stated he's not he's not doing it. Well, they have beef. Yeah, they do. Vinny and the Pebble. But but my point, <laughs> Vinny and the Brick. <laughs> the brick. The, so is that your partner who said that? Yeah, she's like, why is the why is that one actor always in jungle movies? What is his name? Like, the Brick. I'm like, what the fuck? He's he so about? is the Brick though. The Brick. You mean The Rock? <laughs> I think there must be a clause in all of his contracts where he's got to be in the jungle wearing that one tight shirt. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it looks good on him. You can't yeah, it. looks good. Although, like, he literally, if he, like, picks something up and puts it in the cupboard, the shirt will rip. Like, oh, my God. It's not very usable. Well, did you, did, did you, you know? know this about the uh, the James Bond movies? So, the Daniel Craig one. So, there is apparently a, a well-known fact, and I didn't know this. I heard this recently on another podcast, that he has two wardrobes. So, he has the same suit for the hero shots and then a, the same suit again tailored for fighting scenes so the suit for the hero shots is so tight that he literally can't move in it right more than like just to like cuff his collar or whatever but then he's got obviously like Makes a, sense, yeah, yeah like you, you see him when like there's a scene i remember i think it was in i think it's in skyfall when he jumps onto the back of a moving train and yeah, and, then, and, like, yeah, and he just like <laughs> shakes his shoulders off and like plays with his cuff and i'm like that shirt that suit is way too tight for you <laughs> yeah yeah looks good though but that's a really interesting tidbit i never knew that um yeah totally i, I mean it makes sense like there's no way he'd be doing these stunts no i can see like that like that shit would rip <laughs> in like a second like, <laughs> 10 times over for sure uh it's like skid the shit's painted on it's like very tight <laughs> um what else man i i didn't hear i mean i saw the florence Pugh from black widow is being cast potentially in the new Dune sequel as the Emperor's daughter, I believe. Denis Villeneuve. Which is interesting because, like, in the book, she doesn't have, like, that huge of a role other right. than, like, those little intro chapter things, okay. like, where it's, like, she's, like, a scholar. Like, and, you know, you, like, read the little intro chapter thing and it gives you a bit of yeah, history yeah. about the world, but she's not, like, a character. Well, shout out to our previous episode on the 1984 Dune, which we suffered through. She's actually a pretty big role in that, isn't she? I think she does, like, a bunch of stuff towards the end. Oh, it's compl- I know it's completely different to the book. I mean, like, I vaguely, that, that I blacked that one out. You can also shout out David to our Lynch. proper, our, yeah, our David Villeneuve review of the dune that just came out because that's a much better listen and watch oh my god <laughs> i don't know man I, I like it when we do the ones that you hate <laughs> makes me I, i'm willing to do anything bad just to make you laugh <laughs> but i think florence oh, Pugh will be so great bad. in that she's 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 uh she's real hot right now dude i remember like seeing her in something i think she was in like white gold or whatever some okay. like little netflix um netflix like comedy with the guy chuck bass the guy from gossip girl um, okay he's an english bloke I don't know all English people, by the way. Sorry. I know. I'm just. I'm just saying. You. You might remember <laughs> him from Gossip Girl. Chuck Bass, pretty big character. Anyway, uh, he, he was in that, and he was like a sleazy, like window salesman, and but yeah. in like the '80s in the UK, and she was in that, and she's like a competitive window salesman. And I remember seeing her in that, and I was like, "Wow, you are a babe." And then like she's now in a bunch of stuff. She's she's just great. She's smashing it. Yeah, she's all over the place. Yeah. And I love that because apparently she's yeah. in the Oppenheimer movie that we, I think we've done a new casting piece for that every single week since we heard about the movie, the uh, the Chris Nolan one. And well, I didn't hear about that. I didn't know that she was, oh, did you mention that I, last week? I can't I remember, but was, uh... I've just, I think it's been mentioned before, but like she'll be, like, she's just mm. great, man. She's, 
She's got many facets to her characters. Totally. She does. Speaking of back to comic book stuff, did you hear as well that the Gotham Knights video game, which has been touted to come out this year, has finally got a release date of October 25th? Now, I'll certainly be playing that because I do love everything Batman, as we're about to is get into. Is it the into. Arkham? Is it the same developer that does the Arkham? Uh, this Arkham is Asylum or whatever. Exactly. This is this is the same developers who have done all of the Arkham games, set n- but not set in that universe. So the one set in that universe is the okay. Suicide Squad kills the Justice League game, confusingly. Okay. But this is the <laughs> one that's going to be going up against the Court of Owls, which spoilers for our conversation coming up may or may not be in the Batman that we're going to talk about in a moment. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But before we do move on, let us know what you guys have heard. Hit us up at Podcast Assemble on Instagram. Let us know if there's any news we haven't talked about. I know there's been a bunch just in the last couple of days. We love to hear from you. And we also love when you send us memes. I have a stellar meme from one of the friends of the show to share with you uh, in our correspondence section at the very end. However, before we move on, it is time. It's time to announce the competition winner. Drumroll, please. <laughs> Tally ho, indeed. Yes, we are announcing the competition winner Oof. now, much, much like last time. We asked social media guy Lockie to put all of the competition entrants into a big old hat, a digital hat, that being, and shake it all up. And we came out with the winner, which is. Congratulations, 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 at Nicole Paros. Well done, and thank you very much for tagging your three geekiest friends. We really appreciate it, don't we, DL? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So reach out to us on Instagram, uh, DM us, slide into our DMs, and we will send you your prize. You can see any of the trailers we saw before the movie. We saw trailers for Top Gun Maverick. We saw Doctor Strange trailers. We saw Black <laughs> Adam trailers. We saw everything. I'm laughing at the... I'm laughing at the top good like, Surely this movie's <laughs> that had surely to come this first. movie's been released. <laughs> yeah, like two years surely ago. Surely it's been released. Yeah. Or anyway. Or Nicole, congratulations. You could you could go and see the movie that we are gonna talk about right now. DL, do you wanna preface the main topic for this show? Yeah, I know I kinda already ruined it, but we watched The Batman. Um The Batman. It was wasn't a it, you know my my initial summary is going to be it wasn't a short movie this is going to be a long podcast long. <laughs> yeah it didn't it didn't feel long watching it which is usually a sign that they've done well and i'm going to say tommy this was a good one they did well well why don't you hit me up then with your stupid plot summary all right easy emo batman does some crossword puzzles dabbles in cosplay and chases la paloma con alas <laughs> With some what's incels. The, what's that? What's the pun? Was that the? That's actually that's actually how you say rat with wings in ah, Spanish. That's right. why I was very confused throughout the movie when they yeah. put it. Or sorry, no, it's pigeon pigeon with pigeon wings. With but wings. I think that they were they yeah they were saying intentionally doing. I digress. I like I, it. I digress. I like it. All right, here's mine. Riddle me this, DL. If Bruce Wayne began a solo career, what would the first album title drop be? <laughs> Answer. Welcome to the Bat Parade. <laughs> <laughs> and for any of our My Chemical Romance fans out there, that would be hilarious. But if you don't know them, then you have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> it's quite accurate. It's, it's like, what's his, what's this lead singer in that band? I can't remember his name. Of, uh, but he's done a bunch of comic books Jared, as well. Jared Gerard. Yeah, Jared, Gerard something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He basically is uh, 
Robert Pattinson in this movie, but a little bit more eccentric. Yeah, well, do you yeah. want to guess for me what the IMDb score for this movie is? Uh, 8.7. Ooh, you're getting closer. 8.5. I like that. I think 8.5 is sort of the right wheelhouse for this. It's actually interesting, though, because when I started writing in my notes for this, it was about 8.7, and I went back on just today onto IMDb to just check a couple of bits, and I was like, oh, that's gone down in the last two days. Damn. So It's interesting. It fluctuates. Obviously, it was like when it came out and it was the critic, all the critics, it was sad at like 9.5 or something. And I was like, that is just unnecessary. It's like you talk about every time. You know, critics love to love, man. I I actually think this, I thought it could have been a nines, this movie. All right, all right. I actually did. I actually did. Well, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score was then? Um, That would be like for sure like 90, like 92 average, 90 something. It'd be above 90. It's average. not. It's actually 85%. For both? Yeah, 8.5 and 89. Oh wow. I'm surprised. I'm quite surprised by those two to be perfectly honest. I mean, that's a that's a good that's a good that's a good score, but I just I actually think this is like a the more I think about it, like there's very few bad parts of this movie. Like it's it's a very well-written and we'll we'll get into yeah, it. Yeah. But... I think we'll get into it in a moment. But before we do, what do you think the metacritic score was? That would be it's always lower, so maybe low 80s, 82. 72 i didn't that's that's pretty 72 cool. man that's brutal bullshit man i mean there, i get it there was some hand there was some eye rolly emo batman moments but like it fits the part he i think he did well we're gonna anyway we're gonna talk about this because i think a lot of those eye rolly emo batman parts actually fit the character build really well i think it just for sure with, without agree. sounding like yeah. a complete douchebag i think uh, with a bit of like separation from it and it's been what like four or five days since i saw it and i've thought more on it i've been like oh my god actually that works really well so obviously this movie is a matt reeves movie he's you know well known for dawn for the planet of the apes wolf planet of the apes cloverfield etc etc we got the big cast we got your robert pattinson's we got your zoe kravitz who by the way she's definitely my new celebrity crush i absolutely adored her in this she was incredible i didn't even know about her and she is just the best she is fire we've got jeffrey wright yeah. who i was very very excited to see as jim gordon we've got colin farrell who we didn't see as the penguin but was the penguin <laughs> we'll explain that in a moment uh paul dano etc etc john turturro is incredible in this now before we move on would you like to take a look at the images I've just sent you? And we will be sharing on our Instagram once this podcast comes out. And you can tell us which you think is the goofiest of these two IMDb picks. Now, goofiest IMDb pick, we're not making fun of no. people. We're not being rude. We're just saying, why on earth would you have this as your, you know, public picture on IMDb? Now, at the moment, we have The Challenger, the current MVP, who's actually been going for about four or five weeks now. So we have... Interstellar's yeah. Mark Casimir Dinovitz Jr. And again, he plays uncredited mm. NASA inspector. He looks like he's come off of a Guns N' Roses musical video, right? Like he's yeah. he's a lot of things in this picture. Marky Mark is, yeah, the off-white, you know, the white on white, basically with the white linen shirt while also having the, you know, Fabio hair. We've, we've talked about it. <laughs> we've talked but I, about I, it. I, I, I think he's being unseated by the new guy, which the you're going to tell me his name because... Because so I'm not going to get it from this image. Yeah, this is Douglas Bunn, B-U-N-N. And he is just gangster, uncredited. Douglas. And, and my only note for this was like, what? <laughs> Can you explain this? This picture makes me question whether they actually control their IMDb. <laughs> if they're not all. above a certain level because 
<laughs> this looks like an algorithm just put this like who what would you do who would ever do this he's basically having a, a, his face he's under surgery it's like yeah. a shot headshot it is a headshot <laughs> kind of <laughs> it's a head it's a headshot of his face like wrapped like in a like a surgical you know towel or, or i guess like covering he's clearly having surgery his so eye him. Yeah, except for his eye, which is being like the only thing of his face you can see, which is clearly under surgery from like doctor's gloves, which are in the headshot. So it's like a it's a close up on eye it's a close up on eye surgery. Yeah, it feels like they've gone. This is the only thing he's done. Here's a picture from it, and, the, and he's only been like, yeah, he's only been guy in coma. So that's the only one they. This can my, use. I don't know if he's the doctor or the patient. A, you assume the doctor or the patient because you, you could just see the sliver of his eye. You'd hope. Um, yeah, but but surely, like he didn't. He probably doesn't have the ability to choose this. I or mean, he surely just must. has. He must have a bad publicity. Or just, or just doesn't even know IMDb exists. <laughs> and just kind of is a, is a random oh, extra for this. So, so who's your winner then? Who do you think is the goofiest IMDb picture out of these? I mean, like, because the word is goofy, I still kind of feel like we have to stick with Mark. Like, this is just inadequate. Like and and weird, but it's not goofy. It's just dumb. It's like why would you put this? It's like why? It's like Mark is like trying. Like this is you know like because he's trying, it makes it goofy because this is how he tried. You know what I mean? Like this guy just doesn't even doesn't even get the award for trying. So like my vote would be to stick with stick with Mark. Well, we did a fan poll of last week's challenger and this week's challenger, and again. He was actually called Doug as well last week, which I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to get into, but yeah. uh, the, the, the listeners of the show agreed with you. So Marky Mark won oh, well. last week. So um, what we'll do is we'll put this one up again on our Instagram and we'll do a little poll, a little poly poll for you guys. And you can let us know which you think is the goofiest of these two IMDb pictures. Now, do you want to get into talking about the Batman? Because I am really excited to talk about this. Yeah, should I? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do a little high level overview, shall we? Before we yeah. jump in, okay. talk to me about this. What's the general plot of this movie? Like, what happens? Like, there's because you know we've seen a lot of Batman movies, and so we've it's like, how do we how do we differentiate them? Like, what are they? So this this is actually different in the sense that we follow kind of an early stage Batman. It's like year two two yep. years. I think like literally right in the beginning, they narrate. He he self narrates that he's two years into his vigilante lifestyle, and as he tries to kind of stop criminals via his mission statement which is i'm vengeance <laughs> mission statement um, i didn't realize yeah, he a, had a corporate responsibility <laughs> that's his mission statement <laughs> he, he has a corporate responsibility to save gotham by corporate responsibility man sounds like a way worse superhero yeah by <laughs> don't take the fun out of this corporate <laughs> his, his vengeance and his method for accomplishing his mission statement is through fear, through fear. right like given given giving the criminals something to fear in the shadows. Like he may or may not be there at any given moment, but they, you know, they look to the shadows and they fear the idea of him. Um, And we follow him as he chases, you know, and and tries to rid Gotham of criminal, but criminal, the criminal underworld, but he's actually failing. You know, the crime is on the rise, you know, and we, we basically are introduced to him as he chases. Like I think in the first scene, we see the first murder, a serial murderer, the, the Riddler, as the Riddler tries to unveil a larger conspiracy involving politics, the criminal underworld, and the the red and blue, the cops. Yeah, I love it. So yeah. it's a it's a pretty good little setting, right? That we get to uh, dive into. And the thing I really like about this, right off the bat, is that it's it's not 
like the other Batman movies where he's early doors Batman uh, and you have to see his parents getting killed and you see Abigail and all the things you've seen a thousand times. Like you don't have to see any of that. What it does is it throws you in at the deep end and it says, it says like, I'm trying to do good. I'm not quite sure how I'm doing, not quite sure how I'm doing, but like I'm spreading this fear. And that's the sort of like starting point of this movie. And it's so interesting that like it, it is just this three hour epic story of it's a detective and for me it's the first time we've really seen batman on screen detecting right yeah i mean the whole thing was like a it was a mystery it was it this this is like a movie that has more in common with like like what like prisoners or like uh like zodiac or like i just named two jay chillenhall movies (laughs) but like or even like you know chat Chinatown, like it's like a psychological thriller with film noir. Like it was, I which obviously I'm gonna like this movie when you know my taste. Yeah, absolutely, I'm with you. I love noir. I love criminal mysteries. I love psychological thrillers, and then I like you know, like super. This has everything in like in like a ball rolled up, and a lot of and one of the things that I found really interesting about this was at the time when I was watching this, I found I found the Bruce Wayne character quite obnoxious, and we joked about him being like uh, an emo. But when you add the layers to that, the fact that, you know, he's early doors, like he hasn't worked out how to be Bruce Wayne yet. That's a really interesting wrinkle to that character. And it's like you have this dichotomy of a guy who spends his whole life being Batman. And then he doesn't know what to do when he comes to have to be a real guy. Yeah. And I, I also think like I felt the same way in the beginning. I just like I remember like as I was watching the first I'm Vengeance, <laughs> like I remember I was like, dude, like. I'm not sure I buy this. Like, like that was my first reaction. And he says it like multiple times throughout the movie. And then the other people make fun of it too, which is like actually really funny. Cause it's like, you would make fun of that if you were yeah. a criminal, like what is this costume dickhead saying? But <laughs> as the movie, as I got to more intimate and you know, more time with yep. the character, like I kind of retroactively changed Same. my opinion about those moments. And I was like, I, I believe Same. this now. And it's also like the interesting thing is like our pat, our bat, or I bat. was gonna say Robert Pattenbat. Pattenbat. Well, I know I know one of my other favorite podcasts has a fantastic name from which has which has gone a little bit viral. So I don't want to pretend like I'm trying to copy their nickname for him. But Pattenbat kind of works, right? Pattenbat, Arbat. Well, because isn't didn't they like didn't they used to call him Arbat? Ah, Arbat in like Twilight, and he ha- and Ra- or Rob Pats, and they, like he hated it in Twilight. So now they're, they're like I think they are saying Rob oh, Bats or something like Fat Pat or Awful. whatever. Anyway, Pattenbat. Poor guy. Um. Anyway, he. I, th- I think it like makes like to your point it makes sense i would say it makes sense and like you could say hey he's still trying to figure it out which i think is fair like it's early stage but i think it's also like you know there's really two ways that like when you think about how someone like batman is created it could go right there's this is not the suave batman mm-hmm. that we're mm-hmm. used to seeing or bruce wayne i should say and i think that's one way it could go P- probably like less likely but like you're so engulfed by like this trauma that the way you cope with it is by creating this alternate persona where you're super confident and don't have to deal with it but there's also a totally other way where it's like you're just so broken and vulnerable that you know you're you don't know how to act you you can't hide it and you don't you lose the ability to be social like we see a lot of people when they're they experience loss and trauma like they just don't know how to be in a social setting and that's kind of like more the like they're kind of isolated and removed from reality and that's kind of like the way you, we we see him play the character and to me it kind of makes more sense like if you think about like what batman actually mm. is this is like a, a guy who's Mentally taking on like a suicidal yeah like a suicidal yes. job right like in and decides to do it in a way where 
he wears a fucking costume <laughs> and becomes a symbol. Like that's not going to make this suave dude that like, the yeah. person that would do that is kind of like a really emotive, yeah. weird person like who would wear eyeliner (laughs) (laughs) well what i find really interesting about that is this this movie is so much more than just batman and you it's really interesting that straight away we're getting into the the psychology of the batman we've been presented in this but the movie itself not only does it follow this you know naive i'd say naive this naive sort of um not yet quite hardened batman but you also have all these other big storylines going on you immediately introduce to the riddler who's the sort of big bad of the piece and he's this zodiac killer guy who's escalating in violence who's almost as thorough as batman and he's uh he's completely psychotic which is really interesting and looks really young weirdly paul dano looks so young but then you also have the side stories of like uh, you have the Catwoman side story. So you have uh, Selena Kyle going on in the background and the John Turturro, uh, all the mob bosses. So we're talking uh, Carmine Falcone and we've got the Alfred playoff against the Batman. So you have all of these mini subplots within this broader subplot of Batman trying to be, be- Batman trying to learn Batman. <laughs> be-, be better Batman. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. With all these little bits totally. sort of like adding to adding into it. But then you've also got like the bigger story, which is the city, which is crumbling around them, which is almost a character in itself for me. I, I, I feel like uh, they they just did such a good job weaving all those stories. Unbelievable. Like, usually when you add that much shit, like, in a movie, it just, it falls flat. And I think the reason why they did is because, again, like, like, you say this and it sounds stupid to say because we repeat it, but when you do that well, it's because it's grounded. Like, the back, we're given mm-hmm. enough background about the mm-hmm. characters to understand their motivations and their their motivations and actions make sense based off of what we we do learn about them. Mm-hmm. Like you you do understand why Zoe would act the way she is when you when you finally get the reveal of her background and and who she is in relation to some other yeah, characters, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Speaking of Zoe, honestly, uh, like talking to performances and the ca- and the characters, like I mentioned a second ago, like she stole this for me. She was unbelievable. Like outside of um, maybe Colin Farrell, who you know really was there's a just, lot of people that you could argue stole this really, yeah. but for me uh, that my focus whenever yeah. she was on screen was all her and not just because you know she is gorgeous and interesting and it helps but like every everything she did like she, all the little ticks she had the fact that she was um clearly very good at herself being a bit of a vigilante i found all these little like nuances of her character so intriguing and every time she was on screen i'd see something different i'd be like that's fucking cool. And she's got a lot of cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of the Carrison, who, like, what do you think? Like, who was your, who did you follow? No, I, your... I totally, I, I kept switching, dude. Cause like, I'm, I totally appreciate that she was awesome. And she kind of looks like, she kind of felt like what everyone thought Halle Berry was going to be when they, <laughs> yeah. they cast her. But, but she just like slayed it, right? Yeah, she was incredible. And I, I would, and they, they obviously had like a good chemistry, like, which is weird because like they're very, they are so different personality wise when in that movie. That it's like the opposites to track kind of they're thing. They're both a bit awkward turtle though, aren't they? They're both a little bit weird. They're both a bit like awkward turtle. They're both scarred, but but like she hers is like not I mean in, in real this life weird emo- <laughs> Oh, I <laughs> I don't know her in real life. To be fair, I couldn't speak. Oh, you were calling her Zoe before. I thought you were best friends. <laughs> I I mean Rob Rob Pat is definitely awkward. I've I've seen him in interviews, but like I don't know about her. But my point is, her character in the um, in the movie is a little bit more like socially aware than yeah. than, <laughs> than Batman. But the, the I would say the Riddler probably for me was yeah. the biggest like hot take like best superhero villain since Heath Ledger could be. I really enjoyed it, and I I liked how they built his character as well. So he was 
sort of um he he was this night stalker right he was sort of in in the shadows he was a lot of things that batman is like i said he 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 is like the reflection of batman they juxtaposed that did that was it was a foil to batman which is like a really interesting concept absolutely i really like the social media aspect of it as well like they played that out really well so like in an age where QAnon is doing weird things in the world uh, I don't want to get into yeah. that, but also like you can you can uh, weaponize social media, and and I found that really interesting. That that's what he was doing, and you know there were flashes of that, like you mentioned the Heath Ledger's character, but this took it to yeah. another level, and I found that super com- super compelling. He played a psychologically disturbed savant, like somebody it, who's obviously intelligent, but has like lost touch with reality, and is like psychologically and mentally disturbed extremely well Big time. like you could see that he studied those that had kind of succumbed to that or been brainwashed into extremism like he, he studied it like the way he would react when like things didn't go his way was almost like a child when things didn't go the way he had architected them in his mind like it was so obvious that he did a lot of research for this role and he fucking killed it yeah. and as soon as like you see i saw the actor in the diner without spoiling things it's and i trailer, saw the profile man. i was like oh it, I, but i didn't know that right. and then I, I was like oh it's him i knew the actor I was like, it's that guy PD. for yeah. sure. Dano and, was fantastic. Yeah. I think all the villains were well-crafted um, in this as well. In terms of Paul Dano, he was obviously the sort of the big bad, the the, the, me- the menace in the background. We don't see a lot of yeah. him interacting with any of the main characters at all, but you do see people like you, Colin Farrell's Penguin, uh, he's Oz in this, or John Turturro as Carmine Falcone interacting he's, with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And the way yeah. those characters are built as sleazy crime bosses, some more and others, I just and they play them so well <laughs> Colin Farrell was so fucking funny he was brutal in this he loved it you could tell he yeah. was you could tell he was just loving every minute of that screen time he got that prosthetic as well wow I think the only one that really took me out of this was Andy Circus, and I know I sort of said I, I almost wrote my own script for this because I know I said last week he's the one that I'm not sure about and just he just he's not the right age range he's not the right age fit for me like if he was supposed to be the Wayne's Butler 20 years ago whatever it was when and he was a little bit older he'd already been in the forces and he was i'm like he should be older right uh, i don't know it's a young batman i don't think the age took me out of it i think it was more like is he south african i don't think so i, I think he's english i think he's british anyway he it wasn't really that that took me out of it it's just i i i think there he was they didn't do him any favors the way like he, like i think he, of all the things that were poorly written the sequence where there's a big reveal and he's in the hospital like it's just i thought that that could have been done in a variety of other same, ways same, yeah was, it was a sure it was a that. lot of plot exposition and dialogue and it was like telling instead of showing yeah. kind of thing and so i just i don't think they did any favors he wasn't terrible he just wasn't as good as everyone else yeah true. right like everyone else was like a plus so he when you're like kind of bc like it looks even worse right <laughs> yeah. so when you're hitting those 60s i, I think uh <laughs> yeah exactly well man i, um, I mentioned before I, I thought like gotham was its own character what did you think of like the cinematography in this because like you mentioned you mentioned wet and rainy before but wow yeah i mean it's it was like very very wet and <laughs> um it was definitely a beautifully even even though it was it's you know, it was very similar to like the other DC, you know, dark palette. But I didn't uh, think it was. I thought it had more color. I th- I felt like the colors were really vibrant. It well, it had more red. It was it was dark and red. red. Like yeah. it had a lot of reds. I guess my point was it, it was like that, but it wasn't as like bland. Okay. So somehow they made it still feel grimy and alive, not just like bland and dark. And like, oh, it's another DC movie that's dark. I right? felt like, like it was really like gothic almost. Like you could tell it, it, it had almost a little bit oh, of inspiration yeah. from those 
89 Michael Keaton Batman film and stuff. I mean, this was had the cinematographer who did Dune and like The Mandalorian and like Road One, so it was gonna be beautiful. Like, you, Dune was one of my favorite cinema moves of cinematography probably in the last like 10 years, and like he had his like imprint all over this yeah i mean there was definitely some emo batch batman shots yeah. that were a bit too long for me i was like okay you don't have to like zoom in and hold it on his like little hair strand this long like <laughs> let the man have some space but uh, yeah it was it was really good and, and the music was too man i oh, although wow. i did find the some of the mu some of the music like a bit uncharacteristically off like I, like the nirvana thing i thought it was like a good thing for a trailer yeah right. but like i don't know if i'd have put it in the actual like film i don't know how you felt about it's that, a great but, like, movie if you like nirvana the... <laughs> especially that one yeah song. most of yeah <laughs> most of the score was like spot on but like yeah. some of the like like i guess artist choices i was like this is more of a trailer i don't know if this fits the mood of the film you've interesting kind of but i kind of i felt like the emo mood is what it was going for but speaking of the so uh, music sound there was a really interesting wrinkle I noticed, like, partly through the film, and I turned to my buddy, and I was like, dude, like, listen out for this, because there was a bit, and I think it might have been when they were in the asylum, not the asylum, sorry, the, the old orphanage, and the, what happened was... Oh, that's creepy. You had, yeah, you had this zoom-in on the Batman and um, Gordon, and the music was swelling, but only on the right side of the cinema. If you really listened... In the back left, mm. you could still hear the rain pattering on top of the roof. So they clearly were very precise with how they organized the music and the sounds so yeah. that they played off against each other. But you kept that pounding rain all the time, like above you. And it was just really well orchestrated. I felt I felt right at home. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I'm in England. <laughs> well, I guarantee you it rained more here. Uh, prob probably, actually. But they a lot of it was filmed in like Scotland and Liverpool, ironically speaking of. So, really? Yeah. It looked like New York. No, it was. Yeah, it did, but like a lot of it was filmed, like it, like I say, in especially in Scotland, and it kind of you can see where the dr the dreariness came from, <laughs> like the grimy, yeah. the gothic nature of it, which is you know, pretty. I mean, a pretty awesome wrinkle. What did you What do you think of the action then in this? Like, it was a bit few and far between. I thought, which was fine. Yeah. Like I I thought every time so like. I thought that like action and pacing, I think are almost kind of similar topics that you should talk about. Obviously action has its own thing, but it's like every time, like for a three hour movie, it did not feel like a three hour movie. A. Agreed. B, like the action, every time where the story was kind of slowing down, it was like obviously developing one of the subplots that was, that needed to be developed before the story came to a crescendo. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, uh, there was an action sequence. Like it, they, they were just like perfectly timed okay. and they weren't too long. And I didn't feel like the CGI took me out of it. Like I felt like it felt like minus like that one part where like Batman should have been squashed like a bug. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. pulled out of the realism of the film. <laughs> like I was other than that. And, and maybe the part where he was like literally next to the explosion and like it blew up in his face and he was like fine. Yeah, from the trailer <laughs> like, when he's, when he's in the, when he's <laughs> yeah. at the funeral. Yeah. 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 Other than those two things, but like the action was, it was well, it felt brutal. It like did. When Batman got hit. I was like, Ooh, and when he got shot, I was like, oh. he was a bit bulletproof. I think I think they took it a bit too far with like the shotgun to the chest, not actually doing anything. And also there's a bit when he's walking down a corridor that's it is in the trailer and they're like literally machine gunning him and he just keeps walking. I'm like, at bare minimum, you're taking a step back from that. You know, I, I think that like in that sequence, you didn't see enough. Maybe he did. 
it was like kind of like a it was like a strobe light sequence right it was like very cool the way they did that it yeah. was yeah it was that dark yeah, and that light awesome. yeah using light really interestingly and i thought that was a, a nice little wrinkle to the action i think like between the car chases the night cub lights the black the blackout gun fight that you're talking about which was like a strobe light sequence it was the action was pretty epic and like they you're right they used light in the environment really really well to make the fight each fight feel unique and earned and like for a purpose even when it didn't have a purpose well we're going to talk like, about like it in a minute the first night club battle had no reason to be a fight yeah. he could have just snuck in and gotten the guy but like they added in and it was still memorable anyway we're going to talk about it in a minute i think my favorite action scene and i won't go into too much because it's a little bit spoilery was in the police precinct when he's escaping and i'll uh, we'll talk about that in a sec but that for me that was pretty cool was just epic and I mean, and they were quick right like yeah. they weren't like these long drawn out things they were like particular for for the moment but I, I that's that's right though right because i i feel like a fight a real life fight like you're not going to be fighting someone for 15 minutes it doesn't happen your body <laughs> no. cannot go for, and they're no. getting hit in the head as well you physically can't do that yeah, yeah. like it's impossible so i feel like um i feel like it, it it was more realistic in a sense for its fight stuff but we talked about pacing a lot can we, can we just condense our feelings of that like i just want to know like you've said it was long but it was it wasn't drawn out you didn't feel like it was three hours. But that is the key issue people have been having with this, that it's three hours long. Do you want to just expand a little bit on that? I don't think that's fair, to be honest. Like, people are going to complain about long movies. Like, sure. fair enough. You you were obvi- you obviously had to pee at the hour and a half <laughs> point. I get it. But shut up. It wasn't bad. Like, shut up. Shut up, yourself. Yeah. It was, it was a, largely, it was an earned three hours. Yeah, I agree. Like, you could point, you, you could point to maybe like 15 minutes that could have been cut, mm. but they'd have still been complaining if it was like a three hour, a two and an hour and 45 minute movie. So like the, I, I think about like the last battle sequence in the amphitheater as like, okay, maybe like that was a bit too long. And Chris, like that's what I think could have you been know, crescendo. Okay. Right. But yeah, let's come back to that because I feel like I've got, I have a yeah. way to fix this and we'll talk about it at the end, but that is the bit All that right. I feel, you know, once like without, without going too spoilery, it does end in like a big final battle. And I felt that was, a little bit by committee, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they sort of were like, oh, we can't have a Batman movie without having a big old fight scene, so let's add one in. I'm like, come on, guys. You, do, you don't need it. You've just made probably my favorite Batman movie so far. I agree. Um, they they did kind of just do that because they felt they had to, and I and they for the most part, they did not succumb to that, like, yeah. itch, and so it was kind of annoying to have it at the end, but it wasn't even that, that bad. Like, it was still pretty cool because cool. it was like, yeah, we can't really... We can't really talk about it because there's spoilers. It so is we'll spoilery. Wait. What do you think the tones and themes were for this movie then? God, that's a good question. I was trying to think about that. And I think it's like like the, the fear is a tool mm. that when used like in a like I don't have a succinct theme to be honest, but the fear is a tool thing kept like and like vengeance turning into hope. Yeah, okay. And being like, you know, f- feel like it's kind of like the theme of like if you rule by fear you're not going to rule for long. Okay. Like that kind of theme, I think poured through in the way that like Batman's corporate statement kind of transforms <laughs> by the end of the movie. Bring that joke back. Uh, I think that that would probably be my biggest thing. So you would say he changed his corporate statement throughout the movie. I would. And I think that that, that there's a message there and a theme. And I would also say that it's probably Absolutely. like, you know, what goes around kind of comes around was part of the okay. part of the themes too like the unearthing like you know if you're if you're if you do enough shit like it's gonna come back to bite you in the ass and that was kind of uh 
a theme for multiple characters but i'm curious what you thought i didn't put enough thought into that one yeah Yeah, we can get into that i kind of thought a little bit about belonging and obsessions a lot of it especially obsession you know like you think like the the riddler's fixated on certain things whether it's his riddles whether it's him getting his payback uh and and he just forgot to be a human being you know what i mean he just turned into this absolute psychopath so i found that a really interesting theme that sort of like wove through the movie and obviously you then flip that with batman's obsession with vengeance <laughs> i'm vengeance with, with batman's corporate statement yeah. <laughs> uh all right then do you want to do three best and three worst so for anyone who's new to this we do our three best and three worst non-spoilery things three reasons why we think you should see the movie without spoiling it and three reasons why we think maybe you could think things to watch out for that maybe might put you off about the movie um yeah i think it i would say the like the writing is phenomenal yeah like agrees. both like from like the the call outs like the like certain character moments the character build the backstories and then like the actual dialogue for the most part there was a couple one there was a couple parts where i was like oh this is straight from the comics it's like oh falcon's the match yeah. and riddler's the fire i was like dude or, or, so, <laughs> or, so, or the gasoline or something like that i was like oh cut that yeah, cut that yeah. out stop that right now cut it, um cut it. But I would say the writing overall. I really like some of the. Sorry, I really like yeah. some of the like, um, not dialogue. What's the word I'm looking for? I really like some of the fact that it was almost like a journal narration, and it was kind of structured like a graphic novel. I thought that really worked well with it. Even though at the beginning I was like, "Oh, it's a bit, it's a bit lame," but towards the end I was like, "Oh yeah, that actually really works." Yeah, I think the the writing and the the one liners and all like all of it together, like the dialogue, the the character moments, the like yeah. the they, there was like certain moments where like the twins where they like get beat up by Batman, but then let Bruce Wayne in. Like there was just yeah. a lot of like societal call outs as well. Like that were like really yeah. subtle and not in your face, the incel stuff. So I just thought overall the writing was just phenomenal. Um, the castings and performances, obviously like any, any movie where we're kind of praising it as much as this one, like those have to be on point and they for like 95% of it were. And then just the con- the fact that like, this was like a scary movie. Like this was the scariest movie Agreed. Uh, I've it's seen like it was like the scariest Batman movie I've seen, and it, yet it was still grounded in realism. Um, and like you didn't need to be a Batman fan to watch this movie and enjoy it. So like I thought that if I'm gonna and, give that from a part something like just because you haven't seen all the other Batman, like this is kind of in a it's kind of like the Joker in that way. Yeah. It's in a league of its own. Like if you don't have to have the backstory, and that perfectly leads into my first one, yeah. which is like I absolutely love the world building. This felt like like a Saw movie with a superhero yeah. in it. And that's that that world building around Gotham as like almost a character and its inhabitants and this weird dude who's you know going out and beating people up. Like I just I thought it was so well done the work the building of this and it felt real the world you know like yeah. What, yeah, where they were it. living in and I I know that uh, you know Chris the, the God, Chris Reeve that's not his name I know the Matt Reeves the director he's not Superman but he <laughs> said this world doesn't have magic at this point there is no Superman yeah. at this minute so it's it's as real as it could be and I I thought that was thought that was really interesting um I also said the use of sound we talked about it before the rain the, the, there were scenes when the Ridley used like mice for certain things Oof, that was creepy. we'll talk about yeah, it in a minute but you could hear them like scratching yeah. and you were like ah that's that's real rough to hear but but then also i felt like this was the most comic book movie we've had since like your spider-man 2s it felt like a graphic novel it was like without it being like a splash page in a scene it was it was really i thought it was just super interestingly done and it kept a lot of the 
the love that you get from those graphic novels. Yeah. But anyway, what are your three worsts? Yeah, and this is like so nitpicky because uh, guys, I really liked this movie. Yeah. Um, I think like if you have to give a criticism, like and it, but it to me it's like a okay, this is like a a ninety two, not a ninety eight, right? Like. <laughs> It, it like we just talked about it. There was that longer battle sequence in hey, the end. Hey, we don't give percentages. Yeah, you're a good point. But you, I'm talking about for the other people. Yeah, not not myself. <laughs> okay. Because again, I wouldn't I wouldn't actually make this a big complaint. It's a very minor one. It's a single single piece of paper, not a, not a ream. Bit long in the end. Like you're right. Could have. There's a couple areas you could have cut to make it more. So just like totally, you know, make it super super sharp. Um, I, and I already mentioned some of the music where I was like, oh, this kind of pulled me out like the, the Nirvana. Like, I get it. It does. Fit, you're right. It does fit the tone. But I just didn't need like lyrics in the music. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If it, even if it was just the, the, the audio of the Nirvana, like not not mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain's mm-hmm. voice. And then I think one of the big this is like the probably the most significant one that I would say. One of the big plot t- twists was pretty obvious and like not. And that's OK. Like it's not a big deal. It didn't like because there was other there were other character twists that were less obvious, but it was not helped by the way it was revealed as well, which I kind of talked about with uh, with Alfred and and part of why I think his character okay. fell a bit flat. So I'd, I'd say like those would be the that would be the biggest one. But honestly, man, it was just nitpicking. How about you? Uh, my worst, yeah. Like I say, yeah, it seemed like I had a fourth act. It was just too long. I felt like there was a bit tacked on at the end that was maybe by committee, um, and I was a I was a little frustrated by the fact that a lot of this movie was spoiled by the trailers. And I know nowadays, you know, that's how trailers are. And What parts? I guess we can't talk about it yet because it's still spoilers. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. yeah, but like there's uh, there's a lot of psychological studies about people who go into movies and they want to know what happens. So that's why the trailers end up spoiling it. People don't like not knowing what's going to happen in the movie, which I find really, really strange. But um, I, I did feel like a lot of it was spoiled in said trailers. And uh, just that Aquaman wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah, you really ran out of things, didn't you? I really did. I completely did. By the way, we can we can we can cancel this topic. I know what you're about to ask. We can cancel this topic this week. We don't even it doesn't even need to be said. It does need to be said, and this is our rating system. This is how we do it. Is this better or worse than the most bang average movie that we can think of, which is Aquaman twenty eight? Dude, this is not even in the same stratosphere as that movie. <laughs> Like as as they said, this is this is a different universe. This is not DC one zero nine two. It is fucking whatever it is, and it's universe two. Yeah, universe two, and it's much better. It's much better in universe two. <laughs> the air is cleaner. I prefer I prefer <laughs> universe two. Yeah. Less magic. Yeah. Well, the air's wetter. Yeah, yeah. Is is it in the same universe as the Joker? Have they have they qualified that or not? They haven't said. Yeah. Uh, they may, if it makes sense, they might do it. Yeah, kind of thing. I mean, it would make money, but that's not the point, yeah. DL. The point is, we're going to talk about spoilers now. So, spoiler warning for this movie right here, right now. Yeah. The Joker Sting. Talk to me. The Joker Sting. You mean the end? So, there is a scene when you see Paul Dano yeah, going yeah. into prison. Paul Dano's Riddler is in prison, and he is 
in a in a cell next door to Barry Keogh. I'm not going to say his name right. Either Barry Keogh, Kean, I don't know. It's the, it's the guy that's in everything these days. Yeah, the guy from Eternals. I could tell it right away. I was like, who is credited as Unseen Arkham Prisoner? But we all know, which is obviously is the, the Joker. Joker. What did you think of that? Well, I actually like that because not really a sting. I, I thought I actually like that because like so much of the Joker's backstory, at least as I remember it in the cartoons and the comics, was about Arkham. Yeah, absolutely. Ar- how do you say it? Arkham. Arkham. That like a sane asylum's like prison thing, and like ne- it's never really even dabbled in like the recent movies at least. Like, not as much. So it's like this is good that they're taking it there, and it makes yeah. sense that these two would like be weird together. So <laughs> I'm all about well, it. It's it's real interesting because there's there's a cut scene from this movie which is very Silence of the Lambs esque. So Batman goes to Arkham and he speaks to another prisoner mm-hmm. who we don't know to get information on why this kill is doing it, what he's doing, et cetera, et cetera. And it's meant to be a proto-Joker. And Matt Reeves has talked about this. And I think that makes more sense to have that scene in there rather than having this weird stinger at the end. Of, oh, he's next to the Joker. He's going to be going crazy in the next film. I, fa- I think that's more interesting, having that. You have that build of like a relationship between the Batman and the Joker, and the Joker starts to understand the Batman and vice versa. You could have had both. You could have had both. I thought that'd be way yeah. better. You could have had it been the Look, same I, guy. I went way off, yeah. way off topic for what this should, we should have been talking about for the spoilers. The structure of this movie is sort of about the Waynes and how they're not perfect, right? Yeah. That's the kind of kick. I mean, that's this. like the big twist. Uh, and, and also the twist that like uh, Falcone, the main, the main uh, this is the one I was talking about in my three worst. Like the Falcone, yeah. the main gangster was like the witness. Like he was, he was the yep. guy that like, there was a witness that they were all he trying. He was the rat. Yeah, he was the rat. They were all trying to find a rat who basically ratted on the old gangster Maroney or something. Um, I forget. Mal- What's the Jack Nicholson movie with uh, Matt Damon? And- oh, The Departed. Yeah, yeah The Departed. Yeah. It's it's that. It's that again, right? Like, it's just that. Yes, it is. you're right. It's exactly that. It's the same exact plot line. So, like, maybe that's probably why I naturally knew it was going to happen because I've watched that movie 10 million times and love it. <laughs> but uh, they built it up so much, and I was like, I know what's going to happen here. Like, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It seemed it was going that yeah. way. But the interesting wrinkle there was that, you know, in, in every iteration of Batman we've seen, you know, the Waynes, uh, Bruce's parents, Thomas and Martha, are these, like, saints. And, yeah. You know, they were killed in cold blood and et cetera, et cetera. Whereas in this, there's, like, an extra layer added to it whereby... No one's a saint. Thomas was running for mayor. Yeah. And someone found out that Martha maybe was having some psychological problems. The one person he turns to in his moment of desperation is Falcone, yeah. who's the wrong person to turn to. Which is his mistake. And he ends up killing killing this reporter to have something over Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And that just happens to be the night that they died. So it's interesting that it's Bruce finding out they're maybe not perfect. Yeah, and, and it's like that moment that everyone finds out like about their parents. And he never had that moment probably because they died when he was a kid. So he's having it way later. Exactly. And it's like, it's really, yeah. it's a really interesting way to do it. And it's also like really, like I think it doesn't remove the fact that like they are, they were for the most part good people because you can kind of, yeah. you, you almost feel like this is actually more a statement against society where he's trying to run for mayor and he's having to justify why his wife has this totally natural occurring thing which is mental health and he's trying to help her and instead of that like he knows that'll be used against him so he is pushed like society's pushed him into this way where he does make a choice and it's the wrong choice but Mm. it's like why was Mm. that choice even needing to be made right like and that's not his fault one thing we didn't talk about which is really interesting is that this is a very modern batman so like this is set like for sure like everything's exactly the same social media iphones and it's interesting in, in a society that's supposedly, you know, more understanding and 
mental health is is a topic that people talk about now. Uh, it's it's something that he sees as he isn't able to get past for his mayoral 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 campaign. Yeah, I mean, it was that being said, it was like that probably would have happened in the like if we, this is modern, like in the nineties or like you know it, would, it still would have been yeah maybe yeah. maybe. But what I also yeah, maybe. what I also liked about it is the fact that you know it is it is set in modern times, but it still pulls off this noir feel. Yeah, absolutely. Which is generally. You, you, it's hard to pull that off in a modern setting like you you know what i mean like and part of the way they did it well i think was like how they used the technology like how batman's contacts were like this really cool future technology where you could record everything you saw but it i love that idea. but it was like in this weird like fish lensy that was the magic yeah like noir way and i was like wow that's fucking well done yeah um so I, I thought that was really And that cool. was one of the ways they built the relationship between Batman and Selina, which I found really cool. Yeah, it was like super intimate. He asked her to go in undercover, essentially. Yeah, and she's got one of these eye things in, and he's learning mob, and she's rebelling. And it's a really, like, the dynamic between them just really popped for yeah, me. Yeah, and that, it was that... super detective-y. You're right. It was like a, it was like a detective yeah, story. Yeah, absolutely. And the detecting was obviously the key part of this film, and that's what I wanted, man. I just wanted a detective Batman for once. And the the fact that he couldn't find out who the Riddler was, even though he's leaving him all these clues, was just, you know, just so frustrating, even for the viewer. And it's like, how could you, right? Like, you know, from a clue, just find the one guy that was this dude, right? Absolutely. It's like, it was like an unfair That's game. what a good detective does. Yeah, and, and no, for sure. But my point is, like, it was almost it was almost impossible. And I think that, like, the murder yeah. mystery really did keep us on our toes the entire time. Yeah. And it was just... The, the best thing they one of the best things i think they did in this movie and and i we haven't talked about the writing enough like but it was just so well done so, like the the concept which is not an entirely new concept that like batman actually inspired his enemies to up the ante right that's not a new that's mm. kind of a trope i think mm -hmm. in in superhero mm -hmm. films but vision says it in age of ultron yeah exactly <laughs> no not age of ultron the other one whatever he, yeah it's like are we causing this right what civil war but it, but it yeah. hits home all the more in this one because of how they do the the it's a slow build where they foil and they juxtapose batman and the riddler and it's revealed in these subtle like it's done in these subtle hints that throughout this story while these gruesome serial murders are happening our bat probably doesn't really think oh, the riddler's victims like that he thinks that the riddler's victims kind of got what they had coming and so because like because Ooh. you kind of can subtly see that as the movie progresses you start to realize how similar and they're also trying to get to the same goal. And they're almost in this weird way working yeah. together to get there, even though Batman doesn't even know. The... It's this like perfect fucking character juxtaposition. Yeah. It was so well done. And that's and that's so interesting how it ends. Yeah. And the Riddler actually thinks him and like he's so psychotic. He thinks that Batman is working with him to to, you know, announce to the world all these people are corrupt. And there's an element of truth to that though. That and it's so yeah. interesting. And there's the bit where you think he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne and he's going, that was Bruce so Wayne, well Bruce yeah. Wayne. And you're like, oh my God, that's, he knows. Yeah. And then you realize that he's actually saying the one we didn't get was Bruce Wayne. And it's, and it's like, that was so well written. Like he doesn't yeah. know he's Bruce Wayne. Was, and even if he does, he just doesn't care. Yeah. It, no, it was so fucking well written. And it may, I mean, I think that like, if my take on that is if he did know that would really fuck up his whole, his whole perspective Absolutely. and mindset on the yeah. world. But and there's a there's a couple moments like when we're talking about great writing like the with like kind of uh, situational irony where like the viewer knows but like they don't you're like oh my god it is Bruce Wayne he is this rich guy and you're actually wrong about him like he's the one actually more like you and at the same time it's kind of like 
yo, Batman, you have more in common with this guy than you think. And then yeah, it's, dude, and yeah. there are a couple jokes as well with like Zoe with Catwoman where she's like, oh, this fucking white privilege in the world. I'm like, if you only knew, <laughs> like there's, there's yeah, a lot well, of, well, you can see he's white, yeah, so. but like she, she's like, you're obviously rich. Like, cause, and it was like, well, spot on. He is like, there was really good writing in that in, in a couple different areas. And that's why I find that last scene where everything crumbles. And even though the Riddler's in jail, so they catch the Riddler, right? Yeah. So he's gone to jail, but he still has his plan and his plan is to blow up this the the seawall which is against gotham yeah. flood half the city and then have a bunch of random dudes dressed in riddler outfits <laughs> go and try and take out the mayoral elect and it's like it's like where has this come from like there's been you've had no interest in this mayoral elect she's not got any, she's not one of the corrupt people she's not one of the ones you've been targeting this whole thing this is like a weird u-turn for your character and then there's all these incels that you talked about who go after her i t- to me it just it felt real tacked on and this is you didn't like that I didn't. I didn't mind the story. I didn't mind the story. I thought that it, just like the length of it was the. I, I didn't mind where the story. I went. think it was just to have Batman have another fighting scene. Like it's just to have him fight. Some I think more. it was also a statement on society. Like this is where what brainwashing does. Like a lot of what he's saying is true. And when in the, in the buildup, and when you brain when you get to in a point of extremism and brainwashing, like you can take that to too far. Like he's like this new person is going to be the exact mm-hmm. same. And with social media and like as you said, QAnon, like that can actually be a really really powerful and uh i guess effective way of, of of brainwashing and scaling out bad thoughts basically bad actions and philosophies sure i i have a i have a, yeah. a minor addendum to the to the script if, if you may allow do, me do it, do it i'm curious yeah do a little bit of tommy's fan we fiction. could have fixed this we can fix this movie right <laughs> so and um, we can shave off 30 minutes in the process so for me how the ending of this film could have, would have, should have gone, and you can stop me at any time, is when they get to the orphanage. So there's a fantastic bit where Jim Gordon and the Batman get to the orphanage and they find out that it's all centered around Thomas Wayne and his mayoral, I can't even say it, mayoral uh, campaign to become mayor. And essentially what happens is the Batman just goes and then he has a big fight. Whereas the way I would have loved to have seen it was, this is where it becomes even more sore than we've seen already. Mm-hmm. This this becomes essentially a, a, an Arkham game. The doors shut behind them. They're in a maze. You then have to see him doing more detecting. He's got to do more riddles. He's got to work everything out as he goes. Even him and Gordon can be split even better. Okay, maybe have a few scuffles along the way or whatever. He he gets to the end, but he doesn't get any satisfaction out of getting to the to the end of the riddle. So the Riddler could even already be in prison. It could all be social media and he's, you know doing it from his prison cell and you didn't uh, and you couldn't have known that all along and he's just getting all his incel guys to go and murder all these random people and there's no satisfaction in it there's nothing but he's done all the detecting and he's got there and at the end of the day he's had this awesome adventure through arkham asylum essentially like we just get the video game again (laughs) that's that's how i feel i'm not saying it's bad you could have cut off 30 minutes of this movie i'm not saying it's bad i just think that it's like a little less believable like having one incel event is like hard enough having him them orchestrate this whole thing with people you haven't met and trust like it kind of he got 50 of them to go and shoot at the mayor like yeah but that's like one that's like one mass shooting like not this, not orchestrating this whole scheme from prison on a phone that he's not supposed to have. To me, it's like it takes away from the Riddler's like kind of evil geniusness, and it. I think it adds to it if he can, if he can, if he can play all these fiddles and he can like marionette all these people without even having to be there. I think it makes it more interesting. But that's just me. Yeah, I, that's what I would say. Opinions, now, I guess there's a lot of things we haven't talked about. Just to put a 
button on their relationship i just loved how they kind of worked together both advertently and inadvertently to achieve this outcome and it kind of like yeah. it kind of just feels like you know how far away you know there's a similarity there's such a similarity in the, their beliefs that scene where it that actually hits home for batman in such a real way just highlights yeah. like how fine the line is between like madman and like hero and they like they really explore that it's absolutely it's almost just a matter of like perspective and and perception and experience which is uh, a cool little thing they touched on but yeah what we're, we're unfortunately rapidly running out of time so i just wanted to ask one last question yeah. there's so much of this we haven't talked about and i think we'll probably come back to it at some point but my last question for you is is this your new favorite batman movie um it's hard not to do the recency bias right it's true and i've seen like the dark knight so many times uh i will say this it's the dark knight and i can't i can't say that it beats it just because like i'm still you know it's it's tight i need more time what i'll say though is the character moments in this are much better done than anything christopher nolan's even tried to do so that that he's not great with characters that, that leads me to say like it might it it might be interesting well for me it's still 1997's batman and robin with george Clooney yeah, yeah. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> of course yeah so. you love that one I <laughs> no i think it comes down to i think it comes down to the villains and i can't get past heath ledger's performance yeah. as you know the joker he was amazing paul dano was phenomenal in this like he was another level but heath just wins it for me right before we move on do you want some true or false trivia very quickly yeah yeah do it to it Robert Pattinson's screen test for this before officially cast took place while he was in rehearsals for shooting Tenet in 2020 in Los Angeles. Pattinson had to lie to Christopher Nolan so he could go off and do his screen test. Is that true or false? Well, I know that most of what you said is true. I don't know about the lie part, but I think it'd be cool if he did, so I'm going to say true. It's very true, and apparently Chris Nolan just somehow knew that that's what he was doing. I find that a fucking really interesting like because chris is plugged in chris nolan just <laughs> knows people he just knows and he was and apparently he even congratulated him before he told anyone else that he'd got the part like what so he was just, how do you know so, this and he's like wait you knew that i went to that interview or that casting i mean yeah I'm, i was really surprised that patterson pattinson did this it, it like you know it's a franchise I'm, film. I, I like it though. i'm glad he did but yeah. i'm just surprised he did i am as well yeah. He signed on for three as well, apparently. Oh, um, epic! Maybe, ne maybe another time we can talk about potential, potential futures. Well, I was going to ask, is that because they set it up well? Anyway, sorry, carry on. You're running out of time. Yeah. So, next, uh, what do we call him? Uh, Robert Pattonbat. Robert Pattonbat <laughs> uh, revealed while screen testing for the role that he would sneakily take pictures around the set as a memento, just in case it didn't work out. Is that true or is that false? False. It is false he actually took a selfie of himself in the outfit which is interesting in itself because he actually screen tested in val kilner's original bat suit for batman forever funnily enough going back to the 90s because Patton bat's head didn't fit into the cowl he had to use george clooney's who famously apparently has a huge head and a tiny body oh my god that's hilarious <laughs> so interesting yeah, i i feel for him i have a big head as well <laughs> a very well, large head yeah i can see that mate yeah. bloody hell mate right calm down bloody <laughs> hell. uh finally jonah hill was apparently approached for the role of the penguin but he turned it down due to due to disagreements over the character's arc is this true or is this false uh well i could see that although it because the penguin didn't really have an arc it was like a subtle it's like it was more like an introduction to that character um and a good one uh i could say that's true 
It is true. He apparently wanted to play the Riddler instead. Makes sense. It'd be, there's more to dig into. Yeah. Yeah. Jonah wants these big, interesting parts, yeah. like, you know, working with Scorsese, etc. Damn, I, I, I imagine him doing that and doing it well. I can even imagine the green costume. <laughs> <laughs> the Jim Carrey one? Yeah. <laughs> with, like, Jonah Hill and the glasses, totally. like, the slick back hair that's, like, orange. Riddle me this. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, everyone, for sticking with it. That was our... Well, I actually really like talking about this today. I thought that was fun. I mean, it was a really good movie. Yeah. I feel like with so much more we could have got into, and we there's so much we didn't get to talk about. Like, the like John Turturro was, like, the bad guy. We didn't talk enough about yeah. it. But thank you all for sticking with it. We do really appreciate it. We have a couple of bits of correspondence before we sign off, DL. Let's do it. Let's do it. So first and foremost, every week we ask friends of the show if they would send us some superhero memes. And this week, friend of the show, Bertie, stepped up to the plate magnificently. <laughs> he sent us a meme, which I've just shared with DL, and we'll probably share on our social as well. Follow us at, uh, at Podcast Assemble if you want to get in contact. And it is just a picture. Oh, you could describe it, DL. <laughs> I'm looking. Okay, yeah, I see it. When you're... A lonely park man on a path of revenge, and you meet an orphan. <laughs> so it's the original sixty yeah, Spider-Man meme, where it's you know the Spider-Men are pointing at each other, and it is Geralt from uh, The Witcher. It's Batman, and it's a Mandalorian. Yeah, there. I mean, the orphan storyline is a big part of the hero's journey. Well, thank you, friend of the show, Bertie. Please do send us those at Podcast Assemble if you want to send them over. Uh, friend of the show, Jacob, hit us up this week. Awesome. And he was asking, who do you think was a better Batman DL? Ben Affleck or Robert Pattenbat? Uh, Robert Pattenbat. Absolutely. Well, I mean, he went a bit rogue and said his favorite was actually Bale after asking you a completely <laughs> different question. So uh, that wasn't an option for you. So you had to. Choose I think that. Well, I think that like he did Bale. more with the role. He took it in a in a very very new direction. Like no one's really had a Batman like his before. Whereas, you know, uh, Ben Affleck was more well, traditional. The no, the no kill rule was back, baby. Yeah. yeah, Batman was more. He was more like a traditional Batman, not the killing part, but like just like the persona. Thank you, friend of the show, Jacob. We really do appreciate it. And finally, friend of the show, Matt. We love it, friend of the show, Matt. He's like our correspondent. The <laughs> I mean, there are actually two or three Matts, but this one's been in like the last three weeks in a row. Like, good on you, friend of the show, Matt. And we ask every week to send over any bits of news we didn't mention up top. And he mentioned, did you hear this week that Beetlejuice two? is apparently in development with Michael Keaton coming back to the role. Did you see Beetlejuice back in like the 80s, 90s? You know, yeah, I saw it. I mean, I don't remember it that well, but... I remember it. It freaked me out as a kid. I was super young when I saw it. Way too young. I was, yeah, to be honest, I was I was scared of it because of the makeup and stuff. Like, I, I mean, I feel like nothing for this, to be honest, but interesting. I'm intrigued. It was it was a weirdly sexualized movie, f from what I remember. Really? So let's see where uh, they take this. <laughs> Keaton is such a like he, like he's back kind of like he's in a lot of shit. He's a mad dog. Yeah. I can't wait to see that Flash movie. Like I know I know it's a bit of a joke, but like I genuinely genuinely cannot wait to see it. All right. Well, thank you all again for sticking with it. We really do appreciate it. Where can they hit us up if they want to get in contact, DL? As always, yeah, the podcast assemble at gmail.com or podcast assemble on Instagram. Yo, at us. You can at us. Hit us up. Let us know. Send us memes. We do love it. And let us know who you thought was better, Affleck or Pattenbat or Bale or Clooney or Val <laughs> Whoever you think. We'd love to know. Um, send us memes, as we say. 
Um, thank you all for passing the pod as always, and give us a five star review. I think did you give us a five star this week? Dio? Give us a five star review. I I haven't yet. I'm saving mine. <laughs> but you can give us a five star review. You can give us a follow or a mention. You can really do whatever you want, man. We're we're easy. You can give us a Drake lyric yeah. if you really want. Yeah, and thank you as always to Lucky, our social media guy, and thank you, DL. Thank you, Tommy. It's been real. Tally ho. I'm vengeance.